Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Kate Faulkner. Hello, hope you're okay. Thank you for downloading today's podcast on Tuesday, April 25th. Our top story today is about a dad who says he's incredibly frustrated after his son passed the Kent test but wasn't offered a place at a grammar school. Josh, who's from Hartley, has spent three years studying for the exam, but despite getting a high enough grade, there isn't space for him at any of the local selective schools. Dad, Mandip Shergill, says it's not just him with the issue. We understand this academic year that uh, there are 61 pupils just alongside Josh in total from the local area that have passed the 11 plus exam, that are grammar school eligible, uh, yet haven't actually been given a grammar school of their choice and instead been put into state non-selective comprehensive schools. It's extremely frustrating. Um, We have spent money in terms of tuition investment, but also Josh himself as a child has put a lot of hard work and effort into ensuring that he passed that exam by some distance. So that's extremely discouraging to a child who's had to put the hard work and effort in to achieve that. Um, I myself actually am a pupil of uh, Gravesend Grammar School for Boys a long time ago now, but I can tell you that I I, I look back on my own educational journey and it was the stepping stone for me to continue my education and pursue into university and beyond. And I would just like to have the same opportunity afforded to my son. He's seen it from his own regard as his father from me, and I would just like to have him explore the same options that were afforded to me at the time. I think several things need to occur here. I think uh, Kent County Council, who are ultimately responsible for the provisioning of pupils for the 11 plus into grammar schools, they really need to take full accountability of this issue. They've known about this issue for a considerable period of time, but no one's actually taking real accountability to resolve this. Uh, Accountability comes in the form of putting additional pressure onto the local grammar schools to amend their existing admissions criteria. There seems to be no accountability by KCC to do this and enforce this. This problem that we have this year of 61 pupils not being able to get into grammar school is growing. Uh, Last year the number was 28, this year it's 61, and I'm fully convinced that next year the problem's going to rise to north of 100 pupils in this position. I think that's the first point, so the problem in terms of KCC accountability. The second are the school, the grammar schools in question. They need to be more flexible to ensure that the local children who have become grammar school qualified ought to get a place into their local grammar school. They need to be more responsive to that. At the moment, we're seeing in previous years gone by, some of these places being occupied from children from as far east as East London or Lewisham or even Essex to these schools. Local boys need preferential treatment because it's local to their school. I think also these existing schools need to have flexibility in terms of accommodating these additional people. So whether that's through the form of additional classroom huts, additional teaching staff or facilities, but they need to be more flexible rather than rigid in terms of their onboarding of pupils. Joshua, I keep saying, is one of these 61 children who have worked extremely hard to pass the exam. Our grammar school eligible, uh, but can't get in. And you know, behind these 61 pupils are 122 parents who are equally frustrated. So really wanting to vocalize the frustration um, that we're finding ourselves in through no fault of our own, but from a broken education admission system. 
Kent County Council say they're aiming to create an extra 180 grammar places in the area for 2026. Also making news today, residents along a main road in a coastal Kent town have slammed drastic changes to parking restrictions, labelling them ridiculous. It now costs as much as £9.60 to use the previously free Canal Side car park in West Hythe. Double yellows have also been painted on West Hythe Road. Some living along the main road are paying to have their gardens converted into driveways. Others say the changes are driving down tourism and stopping friends and family from visiting. Sue Gibson says people are avoiding the area in droves and it's starting to make her feel unsafe. I do come and walk around the canal. If I walk around the canal, it's quite often early in the morning. Um, I walk on my own or sometimes um, I'm with a dog. I, I don't have a dog, but I quite often look after people's dogs. But now when I come down early in the morning, maybe at half seven, eight o'clock, there are no cars parked in the car park and no local dog walkers. That makes me feel very vulnerable. So when I've been walking around here, there is absolutely nobody here. So as a woman on my own, it makes me feel very unsafe. Now that feels like an unintended consequence of there being parking charges in the car park and that's made me feel, that unwelcome consequence has made me feel unsafe in an area that I live in. That that might just be a perceived consequence but I feel that that's something that perhaps the council have never really thought about. Now I'm an older person, an older woman living in the area, but there are young girls that work, live here and I wonder if that's something that anybody's even thought about. Um, and I think that's very un I think that's very unfair because I've lived here for 20 years and that's something that I have never felt before. I've come here and enjoyed the countryside but now I feel actually unsafe. And having spoken to other people, they've suddenly started saying exactly the same thing. Their husbands are now walking the dogs in the morning because the women don't want to come out in the morning because there's nobody here. Paul Musson is the Sinkport's Angling Society bailiff. He says anglers aren't going there anymore. When uh, anglers come here to fish on a day ticket, they uh, pay £7 a day, which is fairly reasonable. Um, but unfortunately, when they come here now, they've got to pay £7 plus the, uh, I think I believe it's got up to nine, is it now? £9 a day. Uh, no one wants to do that. <laughs> the feedback I'm getting is no one wants to do it because they'd just rather go elsewhere, where it just works out, uh, save themselves some money, especially the price of fuel nowadays. Um, most of the time, uh, it's not even a secure car park anyway. Uh, I've been to a, a place at, um, up the Gravesend uh, sort of area, a uh, similar thing but with a lot with a kids playground a very large one uh, another little fishery there also uh, men's ladies and disabled toilets other facilities as well a nice little nature walk that's two pound thirty a day that's the thing there's nothing here apart from the fishing so as a as a fisherman um, you'll look at where you're going to go, you're going to go anywhere but somewhere where you've got to pay another £9 to fish as well. Also I have a dog, so if I want to come and walk my dog, uh, I'm not sure what the hourly uh, thing is on it, I must, I must admit because I don't park in here, but uh, lots of people used to come and walk their dogs or just take their children for a little walk in the countryside and uh, people aren't doing it anymore, they're just staying away and uh, it's giving us not a very nice reputation it's not our fault because we're just the fishing club uh, we supply the, <laughs> you know we give them the water to fish um, also 
I don't understand the logic on it on the local businesses anyway because surely this is a tourism area and it's uh, we need to be encouraging people to come here not discouraging them and uh, I can remember when you used to go for uh, say like a walk in the countryside or to the seaside or anything like that you didn't have to pay a fortune because you couldn't afford to go to maybe the zoo or somewhere you'd go out in the countryside and it's free because you know children cost money now nobody can go there and already money's tight uh, so ultimately do you think that this new um, introduction of having to pay to park is putting people off joining the oh 100 percent 100 percent it's it's putting off people um it's affecting the joining but it's also affecting, we need the day ticket revenue to pay the rental for the water anyway. And people aren't going to come here and pay, pay a double whammy. They could just go, go somewhere cheaper, nearer, with secure parking. I would have thought for that sort of uh, money for parking, I would have expected to have an armed guard watching my car all day and valeting it, to be honest. <laughs> Chris Giles lives on West Hythe Road. I guess I'm the instigator of this. I was concerned at seeing that suddenly the prices for the six hour maximum had gone up by £8.40 to £9.60. Um, that's an increase in 14% in less than 12 months, um, which is really unreasonable. Of course, that, that really hits the anglers because it's only the anglers that will be here for, for six hours at a time. You don't go fishing for one or two hours dog walkers and the, and, the, and, and the countryside in people would enjoy two hours walking maybe at the maximum. So I think that's incredible, the, you know, just to put it six times the hourly rate. And when these anglers are paying so much already, and the club is already paying so much, it's just a double whammy. Um, it's just a cash cow for the council. Folkestone and Hythe Council say the changes are due to increasing maintenance costs and traffic concerns. Kent Online reports. Other top stories today and police have confirmed two young sisters who went missing from Paddock Wood have been found safe and well. 14-year-old Lexi McKenzie and Katie, who's 12, disappeared from their home yesterday morning. Officers have thanked everyone who helped with the search appeal. More than 20 sheep have been killed in a dog attack near Canterbury. Police were called to reports of two dogs in a field near Elbridge Hill in Starry on Saturday. We're told a ewe and 23 lambs suffered fatal injuries while others needed treatment. One dog was seized at the scene but wasn't microchipped. Residents have been left frustrated after a huge pile of asbestos waste was dumped on a road near Faversham. It was left in Abbots Hill more than a week ago and has still not been cleared. There are barriers closing the road but drivers have been moving them to get through. Wendy Payne lives nearby. Well it's irresponsible for a start. Uh, the hazards it's causing is not just to me it's to the environment because we've had a lot of rain and wind which means when it's breaking up it's going into the watershed is going into the air, people are breathing it in all around you. You can't, you can't stop breathing, you can't stop it raining. Our problem has been stopping people driving through it. The motorists have caused a problem because they're still trying to drive through the road. They're knocking the barriers down, they're taking the barriers down. My son comes, when he comes home from work, comes out and keeps replacing them, sometimes four or five times a night. As he's replacing them, he's still having people driving through behind him. Um, there was two vans drove through last night. He said it's dangerous coming through here because it's asbestos waste. They just stuck their fingers up at him and carried on driving. So it's a nuisance. And it's been a nuisance now for 
with the gas works for seven weeks and now this has been nearly two weeks. So, yes, it's a nuisance. Another load of asbestos was left in Ridham Dock Road in Iwaid on Tuesday. It's not known if the two incidents are linked. Kent Online reports. Flood alerts are in force in parts of Kent after heavy rain over the past few days. River levels are particularly high in areas around Maidstone, Ashford, Headcorn and Tunbridge Wells. The Environment Agency says they're monitoring the situation. A man's been charged with drug offences after being arrested at a Gillingham football game. The 40-year-old was searched and detained at Priestfield Stadium as the Jills took on Leighton Orient last Tuesday. He's accused of possessing cocaine and is due in court in June. A mum from Deal has paid tribute to her three-year-old son who's died after a long battle with his health. Rafi Holiday was diagnosed with leukaemia as a baby and had experimental treatment which managed to cure the cancer. He was left immunocompromised and caught an infection which led to an inflammation on the brain. His mum's described him as the most perfect little boy and a real-life superhero. Kent Online reports. It's been nearly 50 years since the beginnings of Kent's first Indian community. In 1977, Golkardis R. and Jathwa sat down with the first members of the new committee at St Philip's Church by Hastings Road in Maidstone. After migrating from Kenya, they set to work putting together a network of people who could support each other as they adjusted to their new lives. Many had arrived in the area from the British colonies. Kent Online's reporter Davina interviewed Ugandan-born Indian Prafula Vadha and has translated some of their conversation. She says when she arrived, the area wasn't home to many Indians and the community consisted mainly of her family. So at first there was Mohan Bai, the President Mohan, and Gokuldas and Dayalal and the rest of us. Just a small group of people and then we started it. It was just little like that. That's it. From there we started it and after, bit by bit, everyone started to join. They'd formed such a strong presence of Indian culture in Africa and so a desire to bring that same community to Kent was born. And from humble beginnings, Profula says the community has now grown and is very different to the small group that used to get together. Now, you have to tell the community this and that. Back then, there wasn't anything like that. It was so small. We were just gathering in a small hall in the church on Hastings Road. There we started doing things. They looked to bring significant aspects of culture to Kent. Initially, celebrating the Hindu festival of light, Diwali, required a lot of hands-on help from each member to bring the event together. The Diwali celebrations back then were simple and Profula says slowly over the years, things have got bigger and bigger. Diwali function and everything came slowly after. We said, let's do a small function, but we were all cooking at home. Before, it wasn't like now where you order food or anything. It was just at home, all the ladies were doing it and the gents would help with it all. Just with a few of us, we did it that way. It wasn't even like we had music or anything. We did it on our own. The men sang and we did everything ourselves. Now the annual Diwali function is its most notable achievement. The catered event consists of fancy dress competitions, cultural dances, traditional live music and raffles, and it draws so much attention that in the past, people wanting to attend had to be put on a waiting list. Profula has spoken about the importance of having a community of people who can get together to share the culture. It's good that our community all gets together and we meet up with each other and know who there is and who there isn't because people weren't able to meet together before. Then after people started to find out that this community had been made, everyone started to join. However, following cancelled events from the pandemic and generational gaps, the zeal of the community has begun to fade. Its survival lies in the hands of the younger generations who will now need to navigate the balance of faith, tradition of Indian culture with their British identity. The current committee does now consist of a few young legacy members who are the children and grandchildren of the original founding members, but it seems that more efforts are needed to see the return of the community's glory days. Kent Online reports.
Vulnerable families in Kent will start to get another cost of living payment from today. £301 will be sent out to more than 830,000 households across the southeast to help with rising bills. That includes people on universal credit and certain other benefits. A motorcyclist sick of dodging potholes in Sittingbourne has taken matters into his own hands. Ian Mag says he ordered tarmac and will fill the holes in Cowper Road himself if the local authorities don't do it by this weekend. The council say repairs on five marked potholes on the road are planned for today. It's the last day to apply for a voter authority certificate for next week's local elections. For the first time, you'll need to bring a form of ID when you head to the polling station on the 4th of May. Anyone who doesn't have a driving licence, passport, blue badge or certain type of travel pass can get a certificate instead. There are concerns the new rules could put people off voting or lead to arguments at polling stations if people forget. A team from the ambulance service that covers Kent is going to take part in a sailing challenge in the Solent next month. CCAM will go up against 31 other emergency service teams from across the UK and Europe. Their boat is skippered by a paramedic from Ashford and includes seven other crew members with varying skill levels and experience. A clifftop property in Kent that's said to have one of the most dramatic views in the county has gone on the market. The former Coast Guard station is at St Margaret's near Dover and up for sale for just under a million pounds. There's just one catch. It doesn't have planning permission for residential use, so you couldn't live there all the time. Kent Online Sports. Tunbridge Wells table tennis star Will Bailey has defended his Class 7 title at the Paranational Championships in Sheffield. The 35-year-old is the reigning world champion and appeared on Strictly a few years ago. Ross Wilson from Sheppey also retained his Class 8 crown. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.